This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And here we are. Nearside Low 2022 episode number, I think we're only at episode number two, Ray, but it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, this is always one of my favorites. We're getting down to the end of the year. Tournament is coming up this weekend, so a lot of excitement in Missouri water polo, and uh, here to cap it off, we're here with uh, Coach Don Casey, who we always love hearing his insights at the end of the year and uh, hearing his sage wisdom on uh on state of Missouri water polo and what to expect this year. So, yeah, Coach, yeah. thanks for coming on. Uh, always a pleasure. And I am very about that. This is, it's not the highlight, but it is one of the more pleasurable moments. Good. Well, we're, we're excited to have you. And if you, most of you don't know, it's, um, I guess, May 10th. And we are, we're down to the final four. Um, so we had polo games on, I think, Thursday, Saturday, and then tonight. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. So, uh, Coach Casey's back. I think first question we asked this last year about this time is, um, what are your thoughts on water polo in the area this year? Well, I I thought it was good. I I, I thought there was a lot of balance. There was a lot of parity. I, I think there were two teams that were clearly above the others, um, and yet they got some good games from from the rest of the league. And then there's a group of about eight to ten who, uh, on any one day, uh, could could beat the other, and I think the records reflect that. And then there's a group that was below that, and they were fairly, in terms of parity for that group, those games are fairly even. So I, I just, I thought it was a good year. There's a lot of good competition. I think there's some good players. Uh, in fact, I think there's some outstanding players this year coming out of St. Louis. Coach, and one thing, one thing I'd be curious to hear your perspective on is, I mean, this was probably our first full year back after having uh, the COVID-19 challenges that have affected schools over the last two years. And that certainly affected club water polo as well as high school water polo last year. Did you notice any any lag in water polo this year or any changes uh, is, is this, this spring season was coming around? Well, my, my own experience at MICDS is it, it made a big difference to us. Uh, we lost the season and we were in the 2019, um, 20. And then last year we had what I called a, a short season. We're right. now play tournaments and we had a short, short schedule. Um, for us, the development uh, did not come as long and as far as I, I wish it would have come. But that's because we're a young team. And we also are a team right now that doesn't have a lot of players playing with the clubs. They're just playing high school. So when we lose a season or we lose part of the season, that really impacts our program. Now we're hoping to change that in the future. Uh, as far as water polo in general, I thought last year I, I was I don't I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I do think there was a little bit of a, 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 a downside to some of the competition. I thought it could have been better. I thought it would have been better if it hadn't been for COVID. This year I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but the, the games that I saw were very competitive, and I I think that that's one of the things that I gauge a season on is what kind of parity is there, what kind of competition. And I, I thought this year that it was a good season for water polo. There's a good interest. There's a high interest in the, in the teams, in most of the teams. Uh, the tournaments that I went to, our tournament was very competitive. 
I know that this Met tournament was very competitive. Um, so I, I think the water polo is coming back, and we had some really good players this year. Um, so I, I think uh, we're rebounding. Uh, I, I think we'll be better next year, hopefully. Um, but I, I, I think that this was a season that was better than I expected, and in particular, the competition was much stronger this year than I expected. Yeah, um, great, great to hear. And I, I, in my ability to keep up with things this year as well, I, I was also very impressed with. I mean, I think Charlie and I had talked earlier in the season that some of these guys that were playing on varsity this year hadn't had a a full varsity see or had a full season since their freshman years. Um, so. Um, it, it is pretty, uh, I think it speaks just to the strength of some of the club teams in the area, as well as um, some of these high school programs of being able to rejuvenate after the pandemic, which was good to see. So, yeah. All right. So uh, we're having you on to talk about the district tournament. It is, it is Tuesday, uh, May 10. The state championships will be this upcoming Saturday. And for the second year in a row, the state championship is going to be at MICDS this year. Uh, Coach, just talk a little bit about uh, being able to host the district tournament and um, being able to bring it back to MICDS. Well, we like to host it. Uh, I, I, I know coaches tell me that they like playing in our pool because our pool, it's great for spectators. Um, we have a warm-up pool. We have a, a, a competition area, um, good sight lines, nice and bright. Um, I, the coaches have told me that they enjoy playing at our pool. I, the only downside I see is that the Recplex, they have a much larger spectator space. They can hold many more spectators. We cannot host as many people in the stands as they have. That's the only downside. But other than that, we're very happy to host it. We're glad to host it. We're being able to host it. Um, and I'm looking forward to, again, a great game, uh, whoever makes that Final Four. And one interesting thing about this year's tournament is the games are going to be played. The girls' state championship will be at noon on Saturday. The third-place boys' game will be at 2 p.m. on Saturday. And the state championship game will be at 4 p.m. on Saturday, so a little bit earlier time than normal. I think it's also a nice change this year that um, they were able to separate the boys' and girls' state championship game. I felt like last year when they were back-to-back, -back, it kind of uh, prevented some of the celebration that could have been had. Um, and also uh, made things a little bit more challenging for getting the teams in the pool and, and ready to play. So I, I, that'll be, an, I think, an, another nice change this year as well. Well, I, I, I think it, it's great that the girls game has their own time slot in their own venue. I think they're, it, it will highlight their game. And I think this year it's going to be a very competitive game. Oakville's going in number one. Um, Marquette, I think, is a strong number two. And then we'll see who who fills out the, the field. Those are the top two teams. And I, I think this year it'll be a great game. Afterwards, we'll be able to celebrate their victory more. We'll be able to have an award ceremony without having the rush to get into the next game. Right. Okay. And another great thing uh, that we'll have this year is uh, all the games will be on PrepCast. Uh, and so I know uh, Andy Wool and Miguel Figueres have been a key part of that over the last couple of years. I think Miguel is out this year, but we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, you can go to prepcast.com for all those games on Saturday. All three will be hosted there. So um, with that being said, Coach, uh, could you tell you want to jump yeah. into some of the games from 
today? Yes, yeah. So we had games Thursday, Saturday, and then we had we were kind of down to the final eight uh, today. So there were two games played at Kirkwood and two games played at John Burroughs. And so Parkway West played Kirkwood at 430, um, and they ended up winning that uh, 13 to 8. Um, and then I actually stuck around and watched a little bit of the DeSmet Ledoux game. Um, and Ledoux jumped out fast, uh, I think, to a pretty quick 6 0 lead. Um, and then I think it was a little difficult for DeSmet to kind of dig themselves out of that hole. I think the final score was 17 to 7. Um, and then if we went over to uh, John Burroughs, um, looked like Slew Lindbergh, um, according to a tweet by Coach P, it looks like uh, Slew won 15 to 6. And then the CBC Central game, actually relatively low scoring. Central got the win, it looks like, with a 7-5 to five victory. So um, we're down to the final four. SLU versus Central, it looks like. Um, and then West versus Ledoux. Um, so should be some exciting games Thursday night. And those are all going to be at MICDS. And, of course, Coach, what do you think? You want me to pick a winner? <laughs> no, not at all. I want you to tell us what you think. <laughs> Well, the, the, the Parkway Central CBC game, it was, I think, 6-0 or 6-1 going into the fourth period. CBC came back. Uh, as you said, it finished up 7-5. I, I thought it would be a close game. Uh, I, I thought CBC and Parkway West, each, I mean, uh, uh, Parkway Central, they each have their own strengths. Parkway Central has a very good goalie, has really strong field players. Um, CBC has two, we call, some people call them stars. They're very strong. So uh, that outcome doesn't surprise me. I, I think uh, I think the competition is going to be uh, strong. I, I expect the, the game with Parkway West and um, who are you playing? You're Ledoux. playing Ledoux. Ledoux? Yeah. Well, Ledoux's got a couple of really – they've got the one kid from Chicago, the lefty, big, strong kid, about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, they've got a good group of kids. Um I was a little surprised at the score with DeSmet. I thought DeSmet would be, I know DeSmet was seated number three and Ledoux was seated, I believe, number seven. Um, I thought that should have been a different outcome. I, I thought Ledoux was better. Uh, and I, I think you're going to have a good game with Ledoux. They've got some good kids and they've got a good bench. They've got kids that can come off the bench and play, um, as, as you do. So I'm expecting that game to be a, a very competitive game. The, on the on the other side, Slough and Parkway Central. If Parkway Central's goalie can play, and, and you know you always hear this about hockey, soccer, whatever, if you've got a goalie that can carry the team, they can give Slough a, a good game. Slough is just so strong. Uh, they've got a good starting seven, including the goalie, and then they've got five or six kids that come off the bench. Um, their play doesn't drop off that much. So I, I think. I, I mean, I would pick Slew to win if I had to put down some money. Uh, I don't. That. <laughs> he but, doesn't gamble, uh, folks. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not but uh, I, I think Central, they have to be at the top of their game and have to have an outstanding game from Ian uh, Cohen if they're going to compete with Slew. Okay. Uh, so if, uh, you know, I mean, what do you, as a coach who's been in the Final Four multiple times, what do you tell your team before before the game on Thursday night? Well, it depends on who we're playing. But the, the first thing I tell them, and I know everybody laughs at this, I, I said, let's make sure we score more goals than the other team. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then we go down and we, we, we talk about different players and how we want to guard them. We talk about their strengths, what our strengths are. Um, the number one thing that I tell the kids is that the defense and mistakes are what win championships 
and what cost the team championships. Um, if you play great defense and you make that other team work for their goals, you have a good chance of winning the game. And if you cut down on your mistakes, turnovers, bad shots, bad decisions, that also gives you a chance, a better chance of winning. Uh, if you watch a lot of a lot of the championship games in any sport, you'll find out that as often as not, the team that makes a big mistake is the team that ends up losing. So you've got to be consistent. You've got to have great execution, uh, discipline, and uh, that determines the outcome of a game more so than who's got all the talent. My opinion. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, and continuing down that track, obviously MICDS has a, has a pretty proud tradition of being a powerhouse. Um, I mean, you know, as a coach, how did you deal with, you know, if you were the number one seed or the number two seed, how did you deal with that pressure rolling into the, uh, you know, championship weekend? Well, I don't, I, I tell the kids, there's no more pressure on you than there is on the other team. Both teams want to win. Right. You get down to that final game. You, it, that's what you prepared for. You played a season, you practice, uh, you prepared for this game. I said the pressure is on both teams. You, I tell my kids, you shouldn't really feel a lot of pressure in this game because this is about going out and doing what you've done, what you've practiced for, what you've prepared for. And I, I approach it that way. Um, even when we were undefeated going into the final game, I, I would tell the kids, this is what you prepare for. The pressure is on the other team because they've got to beat us. So if we do what we know how to do, if we execute, if we play great defense, we're going to be okay. One thing, one thing I'm looking forward to with these games coming up, uh, starting first on Thursday and then uh, on Saturday, is I, I think these games have a little bit different feel to offer between the two. So um, when uh, West and Ledoux have matched up previously, uh, <laughs> it's been a scoring fest. Uh, they, they played the first game of the year. Uh, West won 23 to 18. Uh, and then on the 7th of April, they won 19 to 11. So uh, both games with a lot of scoring versus uh, SLU and Central have only played once. And uh, when they played on April 7th, uh, SLU won 13 to 3. So um, it'll be interesting to see in, in both these situations now, uh, particularly with Ledoux and West, who've now played each other twice, seeing the the type of adjustments they can make. And regardless, whoever ends up in the state championship game, there's three times, right? We played three, three times. Three so this times. will be our fourth matchup. Fourth yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. All right. so, <laughs> yeah. so regardless, I, I mean, both coaches will have the ability to make, make changes. And I'm sure that, that athletes have uh, had the opportunity to get to know the other team and uh, know what to expect going into the game. So it'll be interesting to see how those things play out. I agree. Pace, pace will be interesting to see. So, yeah, I think I, I've seen both teams play. Uh, I, it, I think it's going to be an interesting game in terms of competition. Again, I think it's going to go down to who can play the best defense and who can make the least amount of turnovers, bad shots, type of thing. Um, both teams are offensive powerhouses, but I think in this game you're going to have to make a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, it, it's one thing to say you want to outscore the other team; it's something else to actually do it. Um, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Totally. Cool. So that's um, the but so that's the varsity varsity bracket. Uh, right. We'll touch a little bit on the other two brackets. So the JV tournament is also going on this week. The semifinals um, will happen on Wednesday, the 11th, and the four remaining teams are Slu, Chaminade, 
Ledoux and Parkway West. They will meet. Uh, the championship game will be at Ledoux at 5.30 on Friday. Uh, Coach Casey, have you had the ability to see any of the JV games this year? I, I have not seen. We don't have a JV team, so I don't get an opportunity to see uh, see these teams. I, I've seen individual players when they played in the club programs, but I don't really have a good feel for the JV. Other than looking at the records, it, it appears that, that San Luis U is having another great year uh, at the JV level, and I think Parker West has done well. Other than that, I can't really comment. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, the other two teams, Ledoux and Chaminade, I mean, Chaminade's a team that's been building over the last few years, and it's great to see see numbers uh, going up there as well. So that is the final four for the JV tournament. And then on the girls' side, we've touched on a little bit already. Tomorrow is Wednesday, and the final four is Oakville, Lafayette, Ledoux, and Marquette. They will meet for the state championship on Saturday at noon uh, again, great. There were more more girls teams this year than there were uh, the previous year, and great to see girls water polo continuing to grow. Right, and <clears throat> Ray, you mentioned you wanted you had a couple questions about uh, all district, all conference. So, uh, voting is currently going on for the uh, various conference teams, um, and they are due tomorrow, I think Wednesday by noon, um, so that the athletic directors can compile the list. And I'm not sure the exact release date or time. I would assume it's sometime this week. Um, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. But that obviously leads into all district. And I always think it's wise, Ray, if we kind of highlight uh, a couple of the player of the year awards um, and who they're named after. And, and maybe maybe what I mean, obviously, offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. We're looking for offensive defense. But what would Coach Casey look for in a overall player of the year for um, uh, for Missouri water polo? So, Coach, you want to maybe touch on the individuals that those awards are named after real quick? I know we've done a historical uh, podcast before, but I think it would be a good refresher for our listeners. Well, the the Player of the Year award is what's the name of that? Doug Hall. Doug Hall. <laughs> the only reason I'm asking is I played with Doug. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> he was. Uh, I, I I was still playing when he came through at Ladue. Okay. And he was just an, an outstanding. Uh, he was a great player in terms of offense. Good shooter. Played two meter but also was a very, uh, the word tenacious comes to mind. And now the game was played a little bit different back there in terms of defense. Um, okay. It was a little bit rougher, but it, it, but he was just one of those players that if you were at the offensive end, you hated to match up with because he was just so good. He had great legs, great anticipation. Uh, he, he really understood what was going on around him so that he could help his teammates. Uh, while at the same time, um, he was a, a, an offensive I think he was the leading scorer his senior year at Ledoux. He was a left-hander, a uh, great shooter, uh, and a great passer. That's the one thing I remember about Doug was that uh, he – they always say they're really good players. They can set up and make their teammates better. better. And I think that's what Doug did was he set up his teammates and made them much better players with his passing. So that's the thing that I remember about Doug. Do you want to talk about the offensive player? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's you know that. who that is, right? That is Dick Newman. You don't? Oh, okay, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I tend to forget that some people don't know who these people are. That's all right. <laughs> Dick Newman and taught they, to play. Dick Newman, I, I grew up with Dick Newman. He was coaching. Uh, in fact, he started Shamanized program. But I grew up with Dick Newman. He taught me how to play. 
he is still the single best offensive player I've ever seen. Um, he, he, we went up to New York. He was 38 at the time. We went up to New York to play in the Olympic, uh, uh, Olympic. Uh, it was the tournament that decided who went to the Olympics. It was a championship for, and what, back then what you did was you chose a team by who won the tournament. The, the coach who won was the Olympic coach. The top seven players on that team were the starters. And then that coach got to choose four more, and there were 11 players on the team, which hardly makes sense because you need 14 to scrimmage. But anyway, he we went up to fight against uh, Inland New Pike, and they ended up winning the tournament. Um, he was the, Their coach was the coach uh, of the Olympic team, and we got beat 21 to 10 by Inland New Pike. Dick Newman scored 10 goals on the on the basically what was the Olympic team. Wow. If we could get the ball to him, they couldn't stop him. Now the problem was he was 38 and he couldn't go up. And, so, so we looked at the defensive end when when we had to come back, which is why they got 21 goals. But this was a man who could score on anybody, and even the Europeans, uh, they acknowledged that he was one of the best players to ever play the game. So uh, that's who this man is. He was an incredible force in national water polo, and he was an incredible force in our local water polo. Okay, wow. All right. And uh, Ray, you want to highlight the defensive player? And defensive player of the year is Will Edens. Do you know who he is? He was a, I think, played at Oakville. Is that right? I or believe it was Melville, but I'm not oh. sure. All I know is that he was a very good defender. He played way back when they first started their programs. So that's why I'm not real sure whether it was Oakville or Melville. And I, I wish I was more knowledgeable. I do remember seeing him play. And I do remember thinking that this is a guy who was just an outstanding defender. And I think that's one of the reasons we named the, 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 the uh, award after him was he just he was a, 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 in the a force in the play in the play field and um, he could guard anybody. He could shut anybody down. And that's kind of what you want in a defender. Uh, that is what you want. I agree. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, OK, so, yeah. So from all conference, all district and. Then all those nominees, and maybe Ray and I will get together and do one last hurrah uh, before the summer to kind of highlight some of the kids that won awards. Um, I'm not. A, there will be an all-star game this year. Um, I'm not 100% sure there's talk of scheduling dates. I think it might be hosted by Burroughs. Don't quote me on that, podcast listeners, um, but I know there's I, some conf- – go ahead. Yeah, Ray. I know that I, I talked to the uh, Missouri Water Polo tonight, and they're still working on it. They're looking yeah. around the 19th, but it may be the following week. Um, but more details on that should hopefully be coming out in the coming days. Okay, cool. Um, well, Ray, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, we, we may, we'll probably circle back with one more podcast after this is over. But uh, Coach Casey, I, I know there's going to be a five meter camp early this summer oh, over at MICDS. Um, are you going to be? Are you going to be helping with that at all? We'll be there. I, I don't know if they're going to have me do any instructions or anything. Miguel Figueres runs that uh, along with Janai from the national program and they do a really good job. They're using our pool, but it really is a, a slap. Uh, it really is a slap clinic as opposed to MICDS or, or Daisy. Uh, and they do a great job. I would recommend anybody that can, especially young players at junior high, even grade school, they've got a splash ball group that they're going to run. I would recommend that you uh, find information and check it out. I, it, it's been very successful in the past. The kids have loved it. Um, so I would, would recommend, if you can, uh, try to participate. It's a great camp for the players. Awesome. Well, 
Uh, we will look forward to that, and we will circle back in the next uh, next week or two, um, talk about some of the other things coming up this summer, including uh, JOs, as well as some of the other things going on this summer in St. Louis. So, can I uh, just real quick add something? Um, yeah. And I, I, you didn't ask me to talk about the girls, and I understand we don't have a girls team, um, but the girls' water polo is beginning to take off. I, I would encourage girls, if, if you're in a school that doesn't have water polo but has a swim team, uh, if there's any interest at all, I would encourage you to to get together and, and push your, your district, your schools, to have girls' water polo. Uh, I think the girls love it. It's been a, it's, it's been a great thing for girls' uh, competition, and it's been a great thing for water polo in the San Luis area. Completely can't, can't say it any better ourselves. I I completely agree, and hopefully we'll get a few more teams keep it building every year. So I have one question. I, I mean, you guys are asking me who I think the good teams are, and I, I think that the top two teams are, are going to meet, barring anything unforeseen. Uh, but I'm curious, Charlie, who who is your number one team in the in the area? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> Uh, MICDS circa 2003. I don't know. <laughs> 2005. <laughs> 2005. All right. MICDS circa 2005. That's my number one team coach. Uh, hey, you know what? Hey, you know, thank you. And, I, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, where, you know, you kind of said it best. You, you got to, you, you practice all year for this. Uh, I'm a big believer in we do what we do. And if we do it well, we should be successful. And if we don't do it well, then, you know, the other team's going to be successful. So, I guess we'll have to let the, let the chips fall where they fall. Yes. All right, cool. Um, well, Coach, we want to thank you for coming on. Um, always enjoy your insight. Uh, I've got quite a few good nuggets uh, that I learned tonight, so that was pretty cool. Ray, do you have anyone to add? I do not. All righty, this is the Nearside Low Podcast, and we are signing off. <laughs>